0: They say just as our bodies need nourishment to survive, our souls need to be nourished as well. But the question is, how often do we feed our souls? Welcome to Soul Food, a podcast about spiritual refinement. My name is Amjad Tarsin, and I invite you to embark with me on this journey inward to work on our souls. Assalamu alaikum Ramadan Mubarak to you all. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make this the most blessed Ramadan of our lives thus far and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it a Ramadan of openings, a Ramadan of turning back to Him, a Ramadan of realization of our servitude so that we attain spiritual gifts from Him bi ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it a source of happiness for all of you and may we all be assisted by Allah in our fasting and in our praying and in our recitation of the Qur'an. This is a new Ramadan and a very different kind of Ramadan in many ways. And even though outwardly things are different, it's really important to know that Allah's mercy cannot be limited. It's not limited in the way that outward things are limited. It's not limited by the fact that we might not be able to pray tarawih together in the masajid. We might not be able to get together and have iftar the way that we used to. So even though these things have changed outwardly, the month of Ramadan still comes with the same gifts and opportunities. We just have to do our best and to be ready for them. And then that readiness, it begins in the heart and then it translates into action. So inshallah, in this first episode titled "Counsel," we're going to cover the importance of counsel, what that really means, and we'll look at the rights of Allah, of his book, his messenger, and the entire Ummah. And then finally, we'll look at the compassion of the companions So inshallah, this Ramadan, we're going to cover a beautiful book called Al-Atiya Al-Haniya Wal-Wasiyya Al-Mardiya The Blissful Gift and Well-Pleasing Counsel by a great scholar Al-Habib Ali bin Hassan Al-Attas who was a descendant of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam through his grandson Imam al hussein This book is really amazing because he breaks it down into small sections and he focuses on these really pure pieces of advice, that they're really straight and they're to the point and straightforward and easy to understand, but it has a lot of value in the refinement of our soul, in the beautification of our character. So a lot of the book just focuses on working on ourselves and our interactions with others as part of the spiritual purification process. The author begins the book with a hadith that encompasses the topic of the book. So he really begins talking about what he is trying to do at the very beginning of the book. And he starts it off with this hadith which shows how important it is to counsel one another and to be sincere in all of our relationships. And the hadith is that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, الدين النصيحة Religion is sincere counsel. And nasiha, this word, and we often hear it and use it as a word that means giving advice. But what it really means is that it, it is desiring all good for the one who you are directing the nasiha towards, that you want every kind of goodness for that person. So we often translate that as advice or counsel, but it's something that starts in the heart and is really the basis of, of the relationship of wanting good for the one you're directing nasiha towards. So this means that when you're successfully living up to the principles of this religion, when you're really committed to fulfilling the beauty and the depth of what we're commanded to do, and you have true and sincere connections to all those who have rights upon you, that the way that it manifests is that you're sincere in all of your relationships and you give the rights to all those who have rights upon you. So really you're putting everything in its proper place. So the Prophet ﷺ, when he said, Nasliha," religion is sincere counsel, one of the companions asked, this nasiha this sincere relationship is directed towards whom? Who is deserving of that nasiha in terms of the rights that they have upon you? And the Prophet Wasallam replied and he said, It is nasiha with Allah, with his book, his messenger, and the leaders of the Muslims and the generality. So it is nasiha directed towards Allah, his book, his messenger, and the leaders of the Muslims and the generality of Muslims. And this hadith is a sahih hadith narrated by Imam Muslim. So that brings us to the next point, the rights of Allah, His book, His messenger, and the ummah. This is important because the book begins with this sincere counsel and it all really ties back to connecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fulfilling His rights upon you, fulfilling the rights that the Qur'an has upon you, Fulfilling the rights and having nasliha with Allah's messenger and beloved sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And then with the entirety of the ummah. So what are the rights of Allah? What does it mean when you have nasiha with Allah? What are you really fulfilling? The scholars say it is belief in him and his oneness first and foremost. Belief in his attributes. The attributes that he possesses subhanahu wa ta'ala of absolute beauty. That he is the most merciful, he is the most generous, he is the most gentle, he is the most loving subhanahu wa ta'ala, his attributes of majesty, that he is the most powerful, that he is the overpowering subhanahu wa ta'ala, and all of his names and attributes related to his majesty, and that he is the possessor of infinite perfection, jalla jalaluh. Another way to fulfill Allah's rights is knowing that He is completely exalted above any flaw. That no flaw could ever be attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and He is far above and beyond that. Jalla jalalu. Another meaning is that you fulfill His rights upon you through being obedient to Him and avoiding the things that He's prohibited. And then lastly being sincere in all that you do, seeking his noble countenance, seeking his love and his good pleasure and his contentment subhanahu wa ta'ala. The next thing that we have to have nasiha with as mentioned in the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, is the Qur'an. And how do we fulfill the rights of the Qur'an and we're sincere in our relationship with the Qur'an is that it is believing that the Qur'an is Allah's word believing that everything in the Qur'an are the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, having reverence for the Qur'an and realizing it is unlike created speech. It's absolutely unlike created speech. And that the Qur'an is full of meanings and blessings and light and guidance and that it is the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that transforms and purifies and heals the hearts. Another meaning of that is that you give the Qur'an its right in recitation and contemplation. That when you recite the Qur'an, you recite it properly. You give every letter and every vowel its proper right. And that's known as the science of tajweed. And that you also contemplate it properly when you're reciting it. It's not that you just recite the Qur'an, that it sounds beautiful and that's all. But rather that you think about its meaning. What is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling me? What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what is he guiding me towards? And so forth. And then lastly, acting according to its commands. Then the next relationship or the next right that needs to be fulfilled are the rights of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa Ali wasallam and the scholars saying, that, that is fulfilled by believing in him and in everything he came with. That the Prophet وسلم, Allah says in the Quran, Wama illa yuha that he does not speak from his own whims, but rather it is revelation that is being revealed to him. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so everything he came with is true and believing in that Another aspect of it is loyalty to him and his sunnah, is being loyal to him Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that he is our Imam, that he is the guide for all of humanity at the end of time, that he is the seal of the prophets Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He is the one who was sent as a mercy to all the worlds and he cared deeply about people and their salvation and their ultimate benefit and being guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and being loyal to His Sunnah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, realizing that within it is the path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love. And another aspect of that is spreading its light to others with gentleness. Is that you teach people about the sunnah of the Prophet, وسلم, wanting them to benefit, and you do so with gentleness. Another aspect is Taking on his akhlaq, taking on his good manners and his adab, his etiquettes. Another way to fulfill his rights وسلم, is loving his family and his companions. And then lastly, avoiding any deviation or innovation from his way. Not leaving his way or deviating from his path in any way whatsoever. And that's a broader conversation. And the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu it applies in every time and every place, but it requires knowledge and understanding to do that properly and with the proper balance. The last category are the leaders of the Muslims in their generality. Being sincere, having this nasiha towards the leaders of the Muslims is through assisting them in truth is that wanting those who are in positions of governance or leadership, whatever it may be, that you assist them by showing them the truth and guiding them to the truth and reminding them of the truth. Following their orders, that's another aspect of it, that there needs to be stability and there needs to be balance in society and by following the laws and their orders, that's achieved. Another is reminding them with gentleness that they're human beings too and they're not free from error. They can make mistakes, so you remind them with gentleness, realizing that they're in positions of leadership and that when they're corrected, that it'll benefit a multitude of people. Another aspect of that is informing them of the rights of those they have governance over and reminding them that Allah will hold you accountable, that you have to be fair, you have to be just, and that this is a responsibility placed on your shoulders that you'll be held accountable for. And then finally praying that Allah grants them uprightness, that Allah makes them of the salihin, and that when they're rectified and they're upright, that that will affect all of society. And in today's world, even if someone is not a good leader, one can still pray for them because Allah can change their heart and make them someone who is good and just and fair to people. And then Muslims in general, having nasiha, being sincere towards them is guiding them to what benefits them in the hereafter and in this life wanting them to be guided, wanting all kinds of goodness to reach them. As the Prophet said, none of you truly believes until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. And what that means is that you love for everyone else, your brother and your sister in humanity, what you love for yourself. Another aspect of fulfilling the rights of other Muslims is by covering their flaws. It's not really exposing them, not telling people about their mistakes and shortcomings, unless it's absolutely necessary, and that's exceptional, but that you cover their flaws. Everyone has mistakes. Everyone has things about themselves that they would be ashamed of people knowing about. So you cover their flaws and you preserve their honor and their dignity in the eyes of others. Except if there's a situation that requires a person to say something that might otherwise be hidden, When it pertains, for example, like in marriage or in business, that you have to tell the person if there's something that pertains to that, then you have to expose that. Another aspect of wanting good for Muslims in general and being loyal to them is commanding what is good and forbidding what is wrong that you remind them what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from them, that we have to fulfill Allah's rights upon us, we have to avoid what He has prohibited and so forth. And then lastly, treating them with compassion and not betraying them or envying them. And when a person fulfills these rights, then their connection with Allah will be sound as well as with His creation. That all of these different areas that have rights upon you with Allah, with his book, with his messenger, with the entire ummah, when you fulfill that and you observe those rights, then your heart becomes purified. And this is why it is part of this spiritual path and this refinement of the heart is being able to achieve that and overcoming the nafs and the ego in order to do that. And then finally, in the introduction and Habib Ali bin Hassan al-Attas, he mentioned some of the qualities of the companions, radiyallahu anhum, and how they had such compassion with one another and that this compassion comes back to and it relates to the way that we have to be when we're giving each other advice and when we're trying to give each other sincere counsel. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, وَالَّذِينَ الدَّارَ وَالْإِيمَانَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ يُحِبُّونَ مَنْ هَاجَرَ إِلَيْهِمْ This is talking about the muhajireen and the ansar, the Muslims who migrated from Mecca to Medina and the Muslims who were already settled in Medina. As for those who had settled in the city in Medina and embraced the faith before the arrival of the emigrants, they love whoever immigrates to them. يُحِبُّونَ مَنْ هَاجَرَ إِلَيْهِمْ وَلَا يَجِدُونَ فِي صُدُورِهِمْ حَاجَةً مِمَّا أُوتُوا وَيُؤْثِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِمْ خَصَاصَةً وَمَنْ نَفْسِهِ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمَ الْمُفْلِحُونَ They love whoever immigrates to them, never having a desire in their hearts for whatever is given to the immigrants. So look at this amazing degree of sincerity. They loved the immigrants. They had no envy towards them and they preferred them over their own selves. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And whoever is saved from the selfishness of their own souls, it is they who are successful. So it shows how that love that you have for others is a way to overcome the selfishness of your own soul. And in that you're purifying your heart. والذين جاءوا من بعدهم يقولون رب نغفر لنا ولإخواننا الذين سبقونا بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلًا للذين آمنوا ربنا إنك راوف رَحِيمٌ as for those who come after them they will pray our lord forgive us and our fellow believers who preceded us in faith and do not allow bitterness into our hearts towards those who believe Our Lord, indeed you are ever gracious, most merciful. So this brings us to the call to action. Think about as you journey through the Quran in this month of Ramadan, how you can strengthen your connection with Allah's book. Look at how you can strengthen its connection to your heart and contemplating its meanings. Let it reach your heart and be sincere in your relationship with the Quran. And then finally, also make dua for the entire Ummah. These are nights that are unlike any other nights of the year. These are nights in which we're able to connect, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has unique manifestations of his mercy and of his acceptance. So make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rectifies the leaders of the Muslims and grants mercy to all of the believers in general and make dua for all of humanity. So that's the call to action for today. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make this a blessed Ramadan for all of us. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa Thank you for listening to Soul Food. To subscribe to the show, visit soulfood.fm where you can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or by email. If you're on iTunes, please also leave us a rating and a review. It helps more people discover the show.